the Tony Parks Podcast. Hope the weekend was a good one for you. Thanks so much for making us a part of your day. Of course, you can check us out on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. Thank you so much for making us a part of your listening experience right here on the Utah Podcast Network. A uh, lot of great college football over the weekend, and it's it's still crazy this time of the year. Uh, this is the weekend, I guess, where conference championship games would happen, and I've been saying it. It's just it's still so weird to get used to. You're used to certain, you know, like moments of the year that remind you where you're at on the calendar. That's the way I've always gone about my life. Like, oh, that means we're at this time of the year. Well, as you all know, and you've had to get used to this too, it's been such a bizarre year that getting used to it that this weekend there was no NBA, right? There was no NHL. There was uh, no conference championship uh, Saturday that we're so used to. And then everyone arguing about who should and shouldn't be in the playoff. And then this Tuesday, the playoff uh, matchups get uh, announced with New Year's Six stuff. So it's just crazy. It's still crazy and uh, unique to get used to. Uh, I've been uh, filling in as a guest host there with ESPN 700. A lot of fun and great working with Porter Larson. He's been a blast. I mean, he's he's um, a real up-and-coming star, I think, uh, in the business. And it's it's been fun to see his work behind the scenes. He's tremendous with his uh, his creativity, his knowledge, um, and I, I, I really am excited for everything with his future coming up. Filling in for Spence Checkets, uh, I'll be doing that uh, quite a few times in the month of December, so stay tuned. I'll be tweeting stuff out uh, there at Tony Parks 801 with more info uh, involving all of that. I want to get to uh, the conversation today. The Utes got the win over Oregon State 30-24, to but I, I think there's a, a very different conversation after Utah's first win uh, than I thought I probably would be having. Uh, but first, I want to shift to this real quick because I think it ties into it a little bit. Uh, so I'm, I'm a huge Bears fan. I've talked about it plenty of times. Love my team. Uh, my wife, thankfully, is a Bears fan. And, and so we'll share in the seldom excitement and usual misery of, of being a fan of what is a dumpster fire. But anyway, earlier this year, they start 5-1, and one, right? 5-1. and one. Kind of a lucky 5-1, and one, to be honest. Everybody knew it. And nothing I saw from them really told me they were going to be able to sustain anything close to that. They beat the Panthers in week six. I told my wife, like, great to get the win, but I'd be surprised if they won one of the next three games. Like, I I didn't see it happening. And in the press conference shortly after, I can't remember if it was like the Monday or Tuesday after or if it was um, after that game in Carolina. Nick Foles, who I really like, by the way, is talking to the media. And they're discussing the poor play that has been mixed in with the victories. You know, the media, they watch. I mean, people people have eyes. They could see they weren't great, but still winning. And Nick goes on to make a ton of excuses for the team's uh, play. And he he says, well, would you rather win ugly or lose pretty? Okay, then. That's the way it is in the NFL. And I thought, nope. Nope. And I knew right at that moment. I thought, oh, boy. This team is dead meat. And they have now gone on, at this point, to lose the next six games. They have a six-game losing streak now that I'm recording this uh, after their last loss. And I, I, 
by the way, I didn't think they would lose their next six. I just definitely didn't see them sustaining a situation where they would have like a, an 11 and five or a 12 and four type year. So as I'm watching that, I now know like they're, they're in some trouble here. And most of their problems have gotten worse instead of getting better. And not only has that happened, I mean, they, they went from being a team that was five and one to a team that's now five and seven. They look like a team that was a lock for the playoffs to having now no chance of getting in. On the opposite end, the Utes get the win this past weekend over Oregon State, first win of the year, and they were talking about how it had been 371 days since their last win. We all know why. It's because the calendar shifted, but that's not the point. They should have dominated Oregon State. They should have put them away well before they did. Huge mistakes in the red zone. Couldn't win short yardage. Kept Oregon State hanging around. And after the game, even though it was their first win of the year and a lot of guys were really excited to experience that, Kyle Whittingham was incredibly critical of the way his team played. And he should have been. And what I love about Kyle Whittingham, one of the reasons I think he's among the best college football coaches in the nation, is that good enough is not good enough. And I loved his message after that game. One of the biggest mistakes that I witnessed over the years is when improvement is embraced as sufficiency. Huge mistake. Kyle's team has made improvement, but he wants to make sure they don't see this as sufficiency in any kind of way. Um, so, so in my previous job, I, I mean, I worked about six different areas of the company uh, that I used to be a part of, and, and all of them, it was a very team-like setting. I loved that. That was one of my favorite things about it. And in one of those departments, out of the six, we had a guy that was very critical to the team's success. And he was a good dude. Everybody loved him. We all got along with him. Every person did. But the one thing that existed with him is he, he just didn't have a lot of, like, giddy-up. You know what I mean? He didn't, he didn't have a lot of passion. There wasn't a lot of white-hot desire to be great. And we had a number of people surrounding that whole team. It was a big group of people that really wanted to be great. And sometimes this, this I mean, I, as much as I loved him, he'd mail it in sometimes. I mean, just ultimate, bare minimum. And so let's say on a scale of zero to 100, we needed him to be at an 80 for our team to excel. He was putting in effort and results that landed at about a 28. Maybe a 28. I might be generous here. And everyone knew it needed to get better. We all did our best to help the guy. Everyone was pitching in, doing whatever it took. So he went from a 28 to a 43, which was, an, I mean, like that was an improvement. We noticed it during one of the seasons. It was like, okay, cool. But that's far from where we needed to be as a team. And here was the issue. The issue wasn't that he improved, or the issue wasn't even that he was at a 43. The issue was some of the other people involving uh, involved with the team were treating this guy's improvement as some kind of actual achievement. They were treating the situation like the problem had been resolved. So what took place the next season was when we're all trying to get him from a 43 to an 80. In this guy's mind, he doesn't, like he's wondering why in the world we're being so demanding. I mean, he's about doubled the quality of work from what he was doing before. So trying to get him to nearly double that was already doing what seemed to be impossible. I mean, it just it felt like we were being demanding because some of the staff celebrated his improvement and treated it like sufficiency. So he's, 
he's feeling like, you know, what he does what what he does isn't good enough. And he's thinking like, you know, like what more do you want from me? I mean, look at all the stuff I've been doing that I wasn't doing before. The bar was set way too low to start. And then when there was improvement, it was treated as if there we go. That's what we need. Hey, wait a minute. And, and this guy, by the way, was really cool. He, and, and I'm still good friends with him, to be honest with you. And he, uh, left the market and, and, uh, has an, a job out of state and is doing very, very well. And I love that. And I, and I'm happy for him, but it was very tough for our team because we could feel now going from where we were to where we are was nice, but trying to get to the levels we hope to be at someday, it wasn't going to happen. So back to the Utes, they were great in some areas of this game. They never trailed. Ty Jordan averaged eight yards a carry on first down with no outliers, by the way. The team overall was great on first down. They didn't turn it over. They stayed away from losing plays. Bentley didn't throw a pick, and he didn't throw one up for grabs. He didn't have a throw where I thought, what on earth are you doing, right? He just, no. That, so, not that the team was doing this, but they could have come out of that game saying, like, what, do you, what more do you want from us? We won the game. We're getting better. We've improved, and we won. There, that's all we need to do. But in Kyle's world, good enough is not good enough. And I love it. I love it. He's not the guy to gloss over huge deficiencies in a team or a performance and just claim that a win's a win and that's all that matters and put one in the left column and, oh, no. He's not going to blast the media for being critical of something when they're accurate after a successful team performance, right? Kyle's pretty good at telling it like it is. And in his mind, in this program, they've never arrived. They've never arrived. And it's always about the next step, and they'll never be satisfied. That's what makes Kyle Kyle, and that's why Utah is Utah. I mean, that's what makes them them. So when I gave the example of the, the former coworker and I told you about, you know, I mean, in that situation, culturally, as an entire group, anytime a player improves, they'll point out their improvement, but they're clearly going to make the expectation and understanding that the bar is much higher than just get better every day. Well, of course, get better every day. But in Utah's program, that's the bare minimum. You get better every day but you need to understand sufficiency. You need to understand where the bar is, and it's high. And so, usually play calling is one of the most overrated things that people complain about, right? When it comes to the result of the game, Kyle was critical of it, and he should have been. And I thought the fans and media, as I'm looking on Twitter during the game, I thought their criticisms of it were warranted. Ty Jordan was really good on first down, but Utah, collectively, as an entire team, has to be better in short yardage. They, they had a chance to put that game away long before even the fourth quarter, and they didn't. There's no reason that game should have ended with Oregon State having a minute and a half, a timeout, and down six with a shot to win and decent field position. No way that should have happened. They didn't cash in with red zone opportunities. Bentley had two touchdowns that were there, and he missed. So while he didn't make, like, losing plays, right, he failed to make the winning plays. And, by the way, I hope his hand is all right uh, on top of that. But the, but the winning plays were there, and they missed them early. The defense got a big takeaway. They put you on the 10-yard line. You had to settle for a field goal again. And I'm sure Ute fans the entire time could feel so positive about the good things that were happening with this team, but the points that they were leaving on the board. Man, that thing should have been 17 nothing right out the gate, at least 
at very least. And instead, here they are in this, you know, they're up 30 to 10. And you could just, you could just feel that they're one punch away from putting it away. And they didn't. And they had to kind of hold on there at the end. Um, so this team won the game. They had stretches where they dominated. They didn't turn it over. And Ty Jordan and the offensive line worked well together to have a very good game overall. They were great with first down runs. They were great with second down runs. Red zone problems, obvious. Play calling poor. I'm worried about Bentley uh, and whether or not he can be consistently good. They need to turn the knife earlier. No reason uh, that they should be losing short yardage situations, in my opinion, that often, right? And overall, you have to finish the winning plays against an injured team when they're there. No doubt about that. Um, and, and with Kyle Whittingham, he understands that improvement comes with patience, right? So I always say that, you know, improvement comes with patience, but it doesn't come with complacency. And people have to understand the difference there. Kyle does. That whole staff does. But you have to understand the difference there. And I think most of the fans did too, to be honest with you. Um, quick example, and please do not misunderstand this comparison because I do not think Utah football is a sinking ship, but people think the Titanic sunk because of an iceberg, and they're wrong. It sunk because of a crazy number of tiny, complacent decisions that all added up to a catastrophe. They used iron rivets instead of steel to save money. The captain not paying attention to the Labrador current, moving icebergs more south than usual. The binoculars being locked in a locker because the lookout guy was upset and took the key when he was booted off the ship by the captain for a buddy of his at the last minute to do him a favor. Uh, kind of a political move, right? Uh, the, the guy doing uh, the communication, being paid primarily by the wealthy passengers to send the messages back home rather than to be certain that the safety of the ship was intact. All of this, uh, the, the maritime laws being outdated when it comes to lifeboats. Several more I can tell you about, you know, some other time. But it all added up to what happened in April of 1912. And the problem wasn't that something really bad happened. In my opinion, the problem there was that it was totally avoidable. Totally avoidable. And once again, I am not saying Utah is the Titanic and they're going to be a sinking ship. The point I'm making is that Utah football has built itself into something really great in the eyes of college football. Utah football will be many things, but one thing it won't be is complacent because as long as Kyle Whittingham is there, good enough will never be good enough. Thanks so much for listening to the Tony Parks Podcast. Really appreciate the support. It's great to have all of you uh, along for the ride. You can email me, TonyParks801 at gmail.com. Also, feel free uh, to follow me and, and message me on all forms of social media at TonyParks801. We appreciate everybody for listening, whether it's on Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. I'll keep you uh, tuned in as to uh, where I'll be making appearances on different radio shows and stuff like that. It's been a lot of fun. So thanks to everybody for all of their support. Uh, thanks to you for tuning in, and as always, for hearing us right here on the Utah Podcast Network.